Welcome back to the Good News Honduras podcast. Really excited about today. Today we were able to baptize 15 new believers in the church plant that is in La Ciudad, Catalunya. And so today we're actually going to speak with two different pastors. We are going to speak with the current pastor in La Ciudad, Catalunya, Luis Sanchez. But first we're going to talk about how it started with Pastor Julio Pacheco because he was there when it started. He was part of Iglesia Bautista Comunión when they started this church plant. And so, Pastor Julio, can you share with us, how did the church in La Ciudad Catalunya begin? <laughs> uh, well, it seems that I have been there for quite <laughs> some time <laughs> because uh, it started several years ago. Uh, it was in 2007, I think, maybe 2008. I am not sure about that. When Pastor Peña and a few uh, men from the church uh, visited Catalonia for the first time. Yeah, so, <clears throat> um, you know, Pastor Peña was always uh, a man with a heart for missions. And I think it was in 1997 or 1998 that he wrote a missionary project for five or 10 years. Okay. And his plans, uh, the plans that he presented the church and, and the church uh, back or supported the plan was to plant churches along the Anillo Periferico, the, okay. the road uh, that uh, goes around the city. Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of the loop around what, yeah. the loop around the city. Yeah, exactly. And so those were the plan. That, that was the plan. Uh, but then Hurricane Mitch hit Honduras, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of destruction and, and, and lots of people displaced. And so Pastor Peña got involved in that. And so uh, helping people, he was able to... Uh, he, Pastor Peña got involved in the, the recovery aspect. Yeah, in the, yes, yeah, sorry, in the recovery uh, uh, works. And so he was able to help people to find new places to live in places like, for example, uh, Agua Blanca. Mm -hmm. And so we planted a church there in Agua Blanca. Then in Tamara, we planted another church there in San Ignacio and in the Aldea Santa Rosa. And how are those church plants going? Agua Blanca? Yeah, all of them are independent churches. All now. of them are already independent yeah, churches. Yeah, with their, with their pastors. and Wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. So... So after uh, we, I mean, the plan was forgotten for some time yeah. because new opportunities came with after Hurricane Mitch. Yeah. So, but then uh, uh, we say, well, it's time to, <laughs> it's time to take the plan again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Pastor Peña uh, took some, some of the men of the church and he started visiting neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And so the plan was to go to, uh, Colonia San Jose, mm -hmm. with with which is the neighborhood next to Ciudad Catalunya. Okay. So as they were there, <laughs> they saw Catalunya, mm -hmm. and they say, "Hey, let's go there too." And to give people listening kind of an idea, when you see this from the road, like you've got these two neighborhoods side by side, juxtaposed. 
separated by a, just a wall. Just a wall. Yeah. Wall. And on on the left side, when you're looking at it from the road, on the left side is San Jose. San, San Jose. Yeah. And it's like really nice houses. Um, it's a e- gated community. Gated community with security guards. Like really nice neighborhood. And then you've got on the right side, you've got Catalonia, which is is slum the right word? I I don't know. Uh, I don't know either, but we call them uh, marginal neighborhoods. Marginal neighborhoods, yeah, or invasions. Uh, but really, this 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 neighborhood is is formed originally mm-hmm. with people displaced uh, because of hurricanes and storms. Yeah, that uh, the mayor of the the city the city brought to this place, mm-hmm. and they just allowed them to to live there. Uh, yeah. start building houses however they could with plastic yeah a lot of uh, the houses are built out of pallets and, and yeah. tarps and things like that yeah yeah and so Pastor Peña said let's go to that place too and they just realized that it was was a tough place mm-hmm. uh, uh, a lot of uh, poverty I mean extreme prover- poverty mm-hmm. gangs social risk uh, alcoholism, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a very difficult place. Yeah. But he also saw the opportunity and the need of the gospel mm-hmm. in that place. And one of the greatest needs they had was water. They had no water at all. Yeah. The, 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 the water on their, on their ground mm-hmm. is contaminated because yeah. the city dump is very close to, this, to yeah. this place. Yeah, it is. The, the the neighborhood that you were talking about, San Jose, they have water supply, mm-hmm. but this other they don't have anything at all. And so we have a well in the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to have a big old truck, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> uh, the yellow truck we call it. Mm-hmm. And so we started filling bags of water. Uh, these bags were especially designed to provide water uh, okay. uh, to people. Uh, you know, after Hurricane Mitch, we had okay. these bags ready just to be filled up with water mm-hmm. and to go and deliver, deliver wherever there was a need. Mm-hmm. So we started visiting Catalonia with a truck mm-hmm. with thousands of, <laughs> of water bags yeah. just to deliver the people. And people, they 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 were so uh, welcoming and glad mm-hmm. to be helped in this way. You know, getting water, yeah. water for free, it was something big for them. Yeah. And so that that opened uh, the doors of the community, uh, when, open wide for us. <laughs> yeah. When you say water. Are you talking about water to drink or are you talking about just water for like household use or both or what? Both. 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 Uh, the water from our well, the mm-hmm. well that we have in the church is mm-hmm. good for, for drinking. Okay. But they needed the water for everything. I mean, they, they didn't have water for anything. They didn't yeah. Have... They had no water at all there. Oh, wow. They had to pay for the water. They mm-hmm. have to be buying water. And these people is people in, in, in extreme poverty. I mean, yeah. buying water for them... It was, this is a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. And so getting water from us mm-hmm. for free was also a big deal. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the community was uh, open, open wide for the church. Nice. And so 
after just a little a little visits, we started having services mm-hmm. uh, in the soccer field. Yeah. <laughs> and people used to come. I mean, uh, lots of people. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we used to have uh, services in two or three houses around the community. Mm-hmm. We built... Uh, I think it was like seven houses in the community. Oh, really? Yeah, with Mission Discovery. Okay. And we started bringing medical brigades, dental brigades, mm-hmm. uh, mission teams, and yeah. doing a lot of work. I know the first time I came with First Irving in 2012, we went to Catalonia. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm sure that you, that First Irving went to Catalonia even yeah. before 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the beginning of the of the mission, uh, Pastor Peña was in charge, you know. So Pastor Peña was pastoring the mission too. At the so, beginning, so at the beginning, Pastor Peña was pastoring. Yeah, the mission. And, and really, in addition to pastoring communion. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he used to have services on Sunday morning in the church, mm-hmm. uh, communion church, and mm-hmm. then he used to go in the afternoon. Yeah. To Catalonia, but he also used to go on Thursday, I think, and and they still have the the Thursday evening service. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah, they even st- now, t- many years yeah, later. Yeah. So, yeah, Pastor Peña worked in that place for several years. Wow. Yeah, it was it was challenging mm-hmm. because uh, you know the in general in general in the in the communities here in Honduras, uh, women. Uh, they 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 tend to go to go to church. Mm-hmm. They are more open to to the gospel. But men are so hard, yeah, so stubborn, yeah. And for years, for years, Pastor Peña and the helpers from Community Church were the only men, yeah. No men at all from Catalonia, yeah. The situation with the uh, insecurity, uh, gangs, uh, was also very bad. Uh, <clears throat> I remember maybe about, about one or two cases of people mm-hmm. uh, that used to meet with us mm-hmm. that were forced to leave the community. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because of gangs asking them to leave yeah. because they wanted to use their house for whatever purpose they had. Mm. Yeah, so it was, it was a very, very difficult uh, work yeah. there. And so Pastor Peña did it for several years. Mm-hmm. several years and he planted the seeds mm-hmm. now <laughs> now we have men <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that today some of them were baptized i think it was like 16 people i, I i'm not sure about the, yeah. the, the total but uh, several people got baptized today and uh, the church is finally growing establishing itself in the community yeah and uh, and that's a testament to God's work and how we can easily be short-sighted. Pastor Pena began the work in 2007. Yeah. No men involved. No when men I involved. got there, when the first time I visited in 2012, there were no men at all. Yeah. And then the next several years, when I went back on short-term trips with First Irving, there were still no men. And I remember after my first trip in 2012, like, okay, in this city, we need to go target men, talk to men, yeah. because there are zero mm-hmm. men in this church. And uh, and we didn't we didn't have any luck, uh, we didn't have any success. But the whole time we were talking to men and we were planting seeds, and God eventually grew some of those with all the work over all the years. But I mean, this has been this work began in two thousand and seven, and now it's 
2021, and we just baptized several men into that church. This is such a huge thing and something that even, what, a year ago, two years ago, were there any men in the church? Uh, You know, uh, I know that at least until 2018, maybe there were one or two. One or two, maybe starting in 2000. Yeah. So like 11 years after the beginning of the work, finally got some men to come and yeah. then just God has since grown that. That's that's an amazing, amazing thing, but also an encouraging thing to think about. Like even though we don't see results right away in our work, that doesn't mean God's not working. And so that's a cool, it's a cool thing, cool testament to to his power and what he can do in yeah. that in that long run. Yeah. Yeah. And missions are a long term thing. Yeah. You know? And sometimes we get uh, frustrated or desperated because we don't see the, the results right away. Uh, we dream that we're just going to go to a place and we're going to have a... <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> a, realizes, A yes, full room, I a full this. room, you know, and yeah. men and women and children. And, and they all begin repenting and, yeah, <laughs> and being and saved right away. And, but it's not like that. No, <laughs> no. It's not like that, you know. And in, Car- in Catalonia, we have experienced maybe the toughest of, yeah, of all the places. It's just it's a very difficult place and it's a very slow, slow work. But the Lord is faithful, as Amen. He always is. Amen. He so, is. He is. So that's great. That's, so that's how that's how it started. Now we're going to hear from Pastor Luis Sanchez about how it's going and get to hear more about the baptisms that uh, happened today. So thanks so much for talking with us, Pastor Julio. Now let's go to Pastor Luis Sanchez. Thank you. Pastor Luis Sanchez does not speak English, and so I I sat down with him, and we I got to hear his story, and so I'm going to share that with you now. Pues eh, mi trabajo comenzó en el en el año 2019, eh, en el mes de septiembre. My work in Catalonia began in 2019 in the month of September. We'd been having some discord and some some difficulties between the leadership of this mission and the community. But we, um, as a church, as Iglesia Bautista Comunión, did not want to abandon this mission. And so we began looking for a family to go and begin working there to replace the pastor who was there. And so in this community, there had been a lot of work for a lot of years through the church, through Iglesia Bautista Comunión. But because of this situation that had occurred, the first thing we needed to do was go in and visit family by family and ask for forgiveness on behalf of the church and seek reconciliation with many of the families that had been offended or affected by the issues previously in the church. So, at the beginning of our work, there were many problems, there was much discord within the church, and so there were very few people actually attending the church when we began. As a consequence of what had occurred prior to our arrival, there were only about five people that I remember in the beginning, or or six. So when we first arrived, we started visiting people in their homes, both believers in the area and non-believers. 
The result of visiting these people in their homes and visiting house by house was, was forgiveness and reconciliation, which is an amazing work of the Lord. And so through this process, five families returned to the church. And so by the end of February of 2020, we had 15 to 18 people in the church, up from five or six people. And this was marvelous because in such a short time to see how the Lord was moving and bringing reconciliation to this community was an amazing thing to see. And not just for families who were returning to the church, but also for new believers, for, for unbelievers who were coming and hearing the good news of Christ. In January of 2020, the pastoral body of Iglesia Bautista Comunión, we met and we discussed plans and came up with several different plans for the year 2020. One of the ideas that we came up with was a nutrition center, an activity where on Saturdays all of the children in the community could come and have a good meal. We anticipated 40 to 60 children from the community would probably attend and we would begin with a Sunday school and some games for the children and end with a good meal for the children because a lot of these children don't get a good meal throughout the week. Also, we restarted our youth meetings and our discipleship of the youth. There are about 10 or 12 youth that have been part of that. This was all in February of 2020. We'd also made plans to open small groups in the community, modeled after the same small groups that we have in Iglesia Bautista Comunión that meet inside of homes. We were going to put one in the north part of the community and one in the south part of the community. Also, we made plans to begin making disciples with the adults with the families that are in the church. And and we'd made many plans like this, but all of this was prior to the pandemic. When the pandemic arrived in Honduras on the 15th of March, the authorities closed down everything, especially activities where people would meet together in groups. So we had to stop all of our activities immediately, and it made 2020 a very difficult year. Nevertheless, this is another amazing work of the Lord. He sustained the church and provided for it and took care of it throughout the pandemic. And the brothers and sisters of the church persevered well through the pandemic. For six months, we weren't able to meet. And my responsibility during this was to communicate with them via telephone, to call them and to text them. This is an area that does not have access to internet or to social media networks or other 
bigger platforms like Zoom, where where a lot of other churches were able to continue. And so my responsibility as the pastor was to communicate with them via telephone. I called them, I texted them. When things began opening up a little bit, I was able to physically go and visit some of them little by little. I wasn't able to visit them together. I was only able to visit them individually because of the pandemic. So 2020 was a very difficult year, as it was for everybody. Nevertheless, these families, these 16 to 17 people, persevered through the pandemic very well through text messages, through devotionals that I was able to send them via text messages and calls on the phone. This is how the church persevered through the pandemic, thanks to the Lord. We were able to reopen the church in October after six months of being closed. We had seen for a while the great need of the church to continue meeting together again. And so in October, we were able to reopen, of course, taking into account the necessary measures to try to keep everybody safe and healthy. We began to do the plans that we had made prior to the pandemic again, slowly introducing the new programs, the small groups, the youth meetings, along with a missionary couple, Doug and Karen Woods, who live here and serve with MEPI. They began doing English classes on the weekends with the youth again. And this has been a very big blessing to the church. We also do discipleship for the youth every Saturday at 4. We tell them about who Jesus is, how a youth can know who Jesus is, what is salvation, how you can be saved, and doctrine. We feel it's very important for the youth to know much about the Lord because in a community like this, it has been very affected by drugs, it is full of broken families that most most of the youth only have a mother or only have a father in the house. They don't. It is rare for a youth to have two parents at home. Also in October, we were able to reopen our Sunday school classes, and we have more or less 35 to 40 children who come to Sunday school every Sunday morning. This was a great blessing because the the families needed to be together. They needed to worship the Lord together. And through this entire time and all the work that we've been doing to reopen, the Lord has greatly blessed the work, and we have seen 15 people come to know Christ, and we were able to baptize them today on July 4, 2021. And this is a great miracle of the Lord to see, even through the difficulties of 2020 and, and the difficulties of reopening, all the work that we have done has been blessed by the Lord, and He has brought forth fruit. And this has been a great blessing to see. Personally, I feel so thankful to the Lord for all the work that He has done. 
I was talking with my family and it's very difficult to plant a church. It requires so much work. Requires so many plans, so much development of plans. But when brothers get saved and we get to welcome new people into the faith, it's an amazing thing to see. And now our work shifts to developing and discipling them as Christians and to developing the church into a church that looks outward and begins working towards carrying the gospel to other communities nearby it. It truly is amazing to see the work that God has done throughout this church planter and throughout this church, um, even over these la this last year and a half with the craziness of the pandemic and everything. And so uh, to finish my time speaking with Pastor Luis Sanchez, I asked him, how could we be praying for him moving forward? And, and he asked for two things. He asked first that we would pray for these 15 new believers that they would continue to strengthen in their faith, that they would continue in discipleship. And secondly, he asked that we pray for the church as a whole, that the church would continue being strengthened in their faith and that they would begin moving in these evangelistic and missionary ways to carry the gospel to other communities nearby. And so with that... That concludes this episode of the Good News Honduras podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're going to sit down with Jose Luis and talk about the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Honduras, how those began, how they're going. And so we look forward to seeing you then. 